Hello there, and welcome to the Stay Off My Lawn podcast, where we'll have a little fun, lots of laughs, and discussions on the common sense that needs to be applied to a lot of today's world news issues. And now, the disclaimer. Stay of my lawn is not attended as legal, medical, or financial advice. Void where prohibited. No purchase necessary to win. Open to legal U.S. residents 18 or over in the contiguous 48 states. Any resemblance to anyone living or deceased is purely coincidental. Actual price may vary. Only use as directed. Not a member of FDIC. And now, here are your hosts, Mike and Richard. Okay, welcome to this week's edition of Stay Off My Lawn. It's August 15th, 2023, and it's episode 30. 30, a new decade. Oh, wait, no, it's not a decade, is it? It's (laughs) just. We were just talking about 1981 being not that long ago, but I think we're still screwed up over that. (laughs) (laughs) Episode 30. That's a lot. You know, we're, that's, uh, let's see, carry the one divided by minus the coefficient of error on the. Yeah, that's more than a half a year. I was just going to say, I think it's more than a half a year. I mean, look, um, yes. Uh, so yeah, it's, you know, we're, we're moving right along. We're getting, uh, getting downloads and getting, getting, making some traction, uh, not as much as I'd like, but so if you, uh, if you find this, uh, this podcast funny or entertaining in any way, shape or form, even if it's a little bit, send it to everybody, you know, and, uh, and maybe we'll get, gather two or three more people. <laughs> so. That's right. All eight of you who listen. <laughs> yes. And I might even be exaggerating at that. I mean, you know, I think I think we're we're on average for more than that. But yeah, it's 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 not. It, yeah. <laughs> anyway, it, the wife's birthday was yesterday. How'd that go? Oh, it went wonderful. Uh, uh, there's a uh, uh, four of us, uh, another couple, and we decided, uh, geez, about two years ago, I guess, that uh, we would go to a, a different place. Where do you want to have your birthday dinner? And so it's getting to be a pretty serious thought process. The more we're getting into it, go someplace we haven't been. So we went to a very nice um, Italian restaurant last night and it was delicious and extremely reasonable as restaurants go in this day and age. Uh, I, I feel bad for them every time gas and we're, our fuel now is up to four fifteen a gallon. No way. Oh my gosh. We're at 362. Climbing. Yeah, mm-hmm. it, it just keeps going. And when I used to, as I've said in the past, uh, industrial laundry, I delivered to a lot of restaurants, napkins, blah, 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 all that kind of stuff. I had things in downtown Boise. Every time gas would hit four bucks when uh, Obama was in, all of a sudden they would use like half the amount. All of a sudden you hit that point where the discretionary income, yep. people weren't eating out anymore. It just stopped. Um, this was a Monday night. It wasn't super busy, but there was a bunch of people and I just don't understand how they were doing this. They were outside and it was just under a hundred degrees. Oh my goodness. It's a dry heat. And it is, I mean, you know, <laughs> the 15% humidity is, as I've said, a, a dear departed friend of ours uh, used to say is drier than a popcorn fart. Yes. So, you know, <laughs> it is what it is, but. Uh, I'm just glad I don't they, have any firsthand knowledge of that, but go ahead. <laughs> it was, it was uh, yours are. Never mind. Um, <laughs> uh, they were having a celebration of life, which I thought was very nice. They yeah. were all together and there wasn't a lot of sad. It must have been someone like my aunt and uncle who passed away here a while back that we'd had um, a memorial service for. Geez, we got invited to, was it last? It might have been last Tuesday night. Um, went up to the cemeteries and that's where they wanted to be um, spread. They were cremated and ashes on different um, 
parents' graves. Oh, and okay. so um, we went to, I've been going to way too many funeral stuff. Yeah, it happens as you get older, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, yeah. Uh, the one was younger, but, uh, so I thought that was kind of neat last night that they were out there doing that and people were smiling and they were celebrating. We did that when my grandfather passed away, he was 96, had a wonderful life. My aunt and uncle were both in their nineties and were married 72 years. Um, so, you know, it was, it was very good. The food was great. It was extremely reasonable. And, uh, we just, really had a, had a nice time with our friends. So awesome. That's awesome. Yeah. You'll outlive me with that kind of uh background. I mean, <laughs> there's nobody that lives that long. Well, I, I take that back. My brother's, my brother is 70, 76, I think. And so, yeah, I mean, we've got a little bit of longevity, but that, you know, my mother made it to 81. I've still got her ashes. You just reminded me, I still have her ashes that I need to, I need to spread. It's only been, uh, 18 years. I need to, I need to go, I need to do something. I promised her I'd take her to the beach and let her go in the, in the water. And, and, uh, I just, every time we end up going to Florida near the beach, I always forget to bring her with me. And it's like, I feel like such a, a terrible son, but she's, she's in my grandfather clock right now. Um, <laughs> it sounds disrespectful, but I mean, it's just at least she's it, on time. I mean, she's you know. here. Yeah, that's right. That's right. She's, she's with the family. She saw the grandchildren. Um, so anyway, I don't know. Oh, we were talking about longevity and yeah. I think I told you this off the air, but uh, I go to, uh, um, it's a farmer's market that on Thursdays they have what they call thirsty Thursday. They have a couple three taps that they have that, that's there. It's kind of nice. And a different food truck shows up every week. But and my friend and I were were waiting in line for uh to get our beer to get started. <laughs> so it's for hey, alcoholics I'm, that eat too much. I got you. It's a, it's a good <laughs> oh, yeah, I'm a whopping three beers, and that's about <laughs> it. <laughs> but at any rate, uh his wife was looking at some of the produce and was gonna buy some of that. And she called him over. We were in line, and so he goes over there, and then this other lady got in behind in behind where he was. And then he came back over. He goes, I'm not cutting in line. I said, no, he's not. I said, his wife summoned him and they just celebrated 40. And I said, and after 40 years, when the wife summoned you, you go. I mean, that's just what there is. (laughs) And I said, for me, it's 48. I understand we're going to go. And she goes, let's see um, how we are. Yeah. Next year is going to be our 50th. So yeah, we're 49. So in line, you had three people, 40, 48 and 49 years Marriage in one place, just random. Incredible. Incredible. And, and as we also talked off the air that I think that the further out in the country you go, you have people that, that are much more um, committed to those to those uh, wedding vows and saying, you know, if it's broke, we fix it instead of just crumpling it up and throw it away. And, it's, yeah. and things are things are the commitment seems like it's better uh, for some reason. The people yeah, the you get out the old super glue with things that uh, yeah. You know, if if people think, oh, well, you've been married that that long, things must be, oh, it takes a roller coaster up and down sometimes. And it's like, and then it gets good again and then it goes back down the hill. And so you just never know. Thankfully, I I think somebody had asked me not too long ago how many big arguments my wife and I have had. And I think we're going to come up on 34 years in a couple of weeks. And and I think that, uh, which is a a, a newlywed compared to the people you hang out with. Um, (laughs) But but I think in, in, in 34 years, Years, knockdown dragouts, not and and it's nothing. Uh, 
Now, where, where voices were raised, it's probably been five or six in 34 years. I mean, it's, it's, we just, we are very laid back people. Um, every once in a while, something will come up that, that really kind of gets under my skin or under her skin. But for the most part, we, we get along great. I mean, I can't even remember the last time we had an argument. It's been quite a while. So I had somebody the other day asked, so what are you doing? There's just the two of you. I said, well, we kind of gave up on chasing each other around the coffee table as much anymore <laughs> these days. So I said, the only reason she keeps me around is for the uh, comic relief. And then there are times where she goes, and it's not even sure yeah, that's worth it. I, say, I have to throttle my comic <laughs> relief because she just said uh, she hurts herself rolling her eyes. And we just don't want that. I don't want that either. <laughs> I told my wife yesterday, I said something. I said, I literally could see your eyes roll from the back of your head. What? Did it hurt when you rolled in that hard? Seems like it would. I mean, that's a long way to go. <laughs> well, we do. We laugh a lot. That, yeah, um, it's yeah. I don't care. I laugh at myself all the time. I've done dumb things. Uh, and then I tell myself, and I don't care. <laughs> like unloading a truck and you're grabbing laundry bags and my hand slipped off the laundry bag, it was stuck, and I was yanking hard, and my hand slipped off, and <laughs> oh gosh, <laughs> hit myself right. Just that's better than hitting her. I mean, that's the way you got to look at it. <laughs> uh, that was that was one of the funniest, and then it was like, damn, I just almost cold cocked myself. What the hell? <laughs> and I'm standing there laughing about it, and go back to what I'm doing, and then I tell myself later, what a putz. Nobody there to see it, just me. You know, you were talking about uh, chasing her around, which I was, it was it, I would still be up for, but, you know, you know. Um, but anyway, <laughs> we, we end up, um, we end up watching a lot of documentaries. We, we I, I love, and you and I've talked about this plenty in the past that we like watching things that are factual or at least based in yes. fact. Um, but there's a, a Netflix series that just came out. I think it's five episodes um, and it's called uh, Painkiller. And it's about the uh, OxyContin uh, ah, stuff. Yeah. And it's, it, it, you know, part of it is really, really sad. I mean, it, you really should watch it. It's very, very well made. And, uh, you know, it's actors and everything. But they're at the beginning of each episode, there is somebody talking about how this impacted their life specifically and, and how their, their son or daughter was taken too soon. And, and, and really, the development of it, it's actually got Matthew Broderick from uh, Ferris Bueller's Day Off. He's one of the main characters. And it, it's... it's um. It's very well done, but it's riveting. I mean, you sit there and you watch it, and it's like, I. But at the same time, if something ever goes wrong with me, I will do all I can to not take any kind of uh, pain medication because those those pharma people. I mean, if if anything, we we have learned over the last three years is not to trust what pharma tells us is good for us. Um, big pharma, anyway. So I mean, and and this just kind of. Uh, firms that up in your mind that, you know, they are not for you. They are for money. They're for the bottom line, unfortunately. So, yeah, no, I, I, yeah. When I had my shoulder surgery, I took the pain stuff for like three days uh, and it caused me other problems. And I went, Nope, yep. just some Advil. I'll be fine. Yep. Um, so when I had my uh, chemo and radiation, they gave me some uh, hydrocodone or something. It's like, I didn't take oh. any of it. I, you know, yeah. I, 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 I had taken I like it, it I had taken it when I had my arm surgery years and years ago. I took it twice, I think. And both times it just kind of made me feel terrible. So I was like, why, why? I don't understand why people get addicted to it, but I think it yeah. affects you differently with your DNA. But anyway, 
Um, yeah, not something. Oh, you're talking about documentaries. We did that this last week. Uh, we've had it recorded in the queue for I don't know how long, but we watched a, a documentary called Grant on Ulysses S. Grant. Oh, okay. And it was fascinating on the Civil War. I do like the Civil War and the Revolutionary War, how that stuff came about. And that dadgum carpetbagger came down here, did nothing but cause trouble. Yeah. <laughs> they they caused you y'all down there in, in Georgia a real problem. Came right through. Uh, well, um, uh, not 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 Grant Sherman. But, uh, Sherman came right through where I live. Tecumseh so, yeah. Sherman. How's yeah. that for a name? Yeah, Tecumseh. Yeah, <laughs> there's too many jokes for that. I think. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I thought it was it was fascinating. It was uh, three different. It was just three episodes, but they were like two hours at a pop. Yeah. So wow. Uh, yeah. So we both like that kind yeah, of stuff. Yeah, I'm I'm, I'm with right. you 100. percent Um. You know, uh, we, we were talking about in the promo just a few minutes ago when we recorded it, there's a thing called um, uh, bi-directional charging. If you have a, an electric vehicle, this is for you. <laughs> Especially if you live in California, lawmakers in Sacramento are helping to move things along, the report says. For example, Senate Bill 233 would make bi-directional charging mandatory for all new electric vehicles. In fact, San Diego has already... Uh, put a pilot program in place on school buses using bi-directional charging that feeds into the grid at the end of the day. <laughs> so in, in, in their words, it's a gigantic, un, unharnessed, untapped power source that can be used. Most vehicles you, are wait. sitting parked. <laughs> I'm serious. So if you leave your car charged, you have to have it charged all night and it's getting charged up so you can go to work in the morning after a certain period of time they they're going to start taking the power you put in back they're going to suck it right back out yeah but it, it's sort of like using and, and this is the, my first thought with all this is when biden was using his strategic uh, petroleum reserves you know to to make <laughs> make uh, prices. Oh, that he sold to china you mean yeah they sold to china and make prices go down falsely um it's like you're you're not saving anything because you still have to refill it again, or you should refill it again, but you're going to be re refilling it at higher prices, which makes no sense at all. But then again, you're using other people's money. It doesn't seem to matter. Um, so anyway, they, they said that most vehicles are sitting parked, unused, 95% of the time. Uh, <laughs> Kurt Johnson of the Climate Center said uh, that 125-plus vehicle-to-grid projects are going on right now globally. So this is not just a California thing. This is going to spread. So yeah, you wake up in the morning and they've taken, taken all your power out of your car so tree huggers can't get to work again. <sighs> These people's minds just absolutely <laughs> blow you. Where, where the hell is the thought process? I don't, I don't get it. I don't know. I'm with you 100%. I don't, I don't have any idea how this makes sense to people. It's untapped. So when you want to use your car, you can't because we've already sucked the juice back out of it. Yeah. Nice try. And, and then you're not saving anything because you got to recharge it anyway. So it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. You're still going to, I mean, there's only, <laughs> there's only an, a finite amount of power that you can use. Oh my God, I give what up. What the hell is in the water in California? This is, I, I mean, just common sense. And then there's, what? Are, <laughs> exactly. are you naturally stupid or do you work at it? I think it's, I, I'm, I'm not sure. I, I think there's a gas leak in California that people are just like, <laughs> 
Um, uh, let's get to this real quick before the break. We're coming up on a break. Um, you know how people like to call you a racist if you're against illegal immigration? Emphasis on illegal. Um, well, there, it wasn't that long ago. I guess it seems like long, it was longer ago than it seems like. But uh, uh, the, that kind of logic was something both parties embraced. Uh, here's Bill Clinton at, the, at a State of the Union address. And I don't remember what year this is from. I, didn't, I couldn't find that. But this is him talking about the border. That's why our administration has moved aggressively to secure our borders more, by hiring a record number of new border guards, by deporting twice as many criminal aliens as ever before, by cracking down on illegal hiring, by barring welfare benefits to illegal aliens. In the budget I will present to you, we will try to do more to speed the deportation of illegal aliens who are arrested for crimes, to better identify illegal aliens in the workplace as recommended by the commission headed by former Congresswoman Barbara Jordan. We are a nation of immigrants, but we are also a nation of laws. It is wrong and ultimately self-defeating for a nation of immigrants to permit the kind of abuse of our immigration laws we have seen in recent years, and we must do more to stop it. Yeah, I agreed with him back then. I agree with him today. I mean, it wasn't a whole lot of stuff I agreed with him about, but I mean. Yeah, that's uh, uh, no longer the Democratic no, no. As a matter of fact, he'd be called racist and run out on a rail if he, were, he was a Democrat today in in Congress or something. But yeah, let's uh, let's keep that in mind as we go forward because common sense thinking like that is uh... anyway. Um, we're up against a break. When we come back, we're going to talk about the FBI and uh, you know what they're up to. It's never any good. So <laughs> hang in there. We'll be right back. <laughs> the Stay Off My Lawn radio show and podcast. We'll be right back. With more ways than ever to connect to news and entertainment, 90% of new car buyers want that tried and true AM FM radio option. That's because your local radio stations are reliable, trustworthy, and bring you a local connection that can't be replicated. Not to mention it's free. No subscription or cellular data required. More than 80 million Americans each month depend on AM for their news, weather, local sports and entertainment, plus talk radio. Help keep AM radio an option in new cars. Text AM to 52886. You'll get an auto-filled email letter to send to Congress urging them to keep AM radio in cars. Again, text AM to 52886. Brought to you by your friends at the Stay Off My Lawn podcast. All right, welcome back to Stay Off My Lawn, segment two, and we're going to talk a little bit about the FBI, um, which there's a lot to talk about with them. Not not the old TV show. No. You know, Ephraim <laughs> Zimbalist Jr., and it was the joke was always, <clears throat> stop or I'll shoot. <laughs> stop or my mom will shoot or something. Yeah, that was it. He would, you know, shoot first and then say, stop or I'll shoot. Yeah, was, you know, I mean... <laughs> It was only a leg. Anyway. I mean, you got two of them. So, um, but yeah, there's the a that, FBI. The new FBI shows aren't aren't too bad. We watched the International, and we're watching them one out of New York City. Good actors. Uh, it's 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 extremely well done. So, just a, oh, man, just we as run a side note, half quick, don't we? <laughs> yes, we do. <laughs> Oh, by, by the way, if you don't like my voice right now, I am dealing with some kind of sinus thing. I just went and got some hot tea on our break, and, uh, and it, it hasn't helped at all. So anyway, I just want to let you know that I'm not sick. I don't have COVID. I've just got some kind of um, 
Uh, Got old allergies. Yeah, it's allergies. Something blooms in August and it normally hits me this time of year. And I get something in April. Uh, you know, I don't know what the heck it is. All I know is I should be prepared for it. And I normally am. So anyway, that's what, uh, if, if if I sound kind of kind of stuffy, that's why. Anyway. Um, no, you sound just <laughs> fine. It's not a problem at all. I think I sound. Here we go. I think I sound Actually, just fine. You don't, you don't sound a lot different today, <laughs> but you're hearing it in your head. I'm more. hearing it in my head. Yeah, uh, yeah. It's you're you're absolutely just semi fine like usual. Uh, okay. <laughs> well, I think there's a compliment in there somewhere. I'm going to dig it out with a pencil, and we'll uh, and we'll and we'll look at it on the floor. Uh, we 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 have all read that the FBI has been intently listening and making notes of people who attend school board re- meetings. And, uh, and people who complain about maybe the pornographic materials that the teachers and so-called trans agenda have put in our school libraries and everything, which a normal thinking person, I know people who are staunch Democrats, I think this is just stupid. And, uh, and so anyway, the, the FBI has been uh, called to do that kind of thing. Um, FBI Director Christopher Wray was interviewed by Congress under oath now and was asked about this. This is back in July 12th. I asked about this, and here's his response. I will say to you the same thing that I said to all 56 of our field offices as soon as I read the memo, which is that the FBI is not in the business of investigating or policing speech at school board meetings or anywhere else for that matter, and we're not going to start now. (laughs) You know, That's not the case. I I laugh, but I shouldn't be laughing because it's really not funny. Um, the, now recently they, uh, back on May 18th, it was before the July 12th meeting where this was, uh, said on May 18th, former FBI agent Stephen Friend, also under oath, testified before Congress and painted a little bit of a different picture. Mr. Friend, you ever been to a school board meeting? Yes, I have. FBI ever sent you to the parking lot of a school board meeting? Yes, they have. And in the parking lot of a school board meeting where the FBI sent you, you were taking down information regarding people's license plates. That's correct. Now, it wasn't the first time you'd been to a school board meeting, was it? No, I went on my own as a private citizen. As a parent? Yes. And so there you were. It must have been quite an interesting perspective. There you were taking down the information of people, parents attending school board meetings on behest of the FBI. And you had been one of those parents at a school board meeting. How did that feel? Well, after I attended privately, my colleagues teased me that they were probably going to start investigating me. <laughs> it's pretty Pete, bad there's something you want to hear from your colleagues <laughs> we're going to investigate you next <laughs> yeah, because you know we're, we're doing this every weekend anyway so i mean <laughs> i don't know i don't like the the whole idea that uh, we're all being watched and we were talking off the air uh about about the uh, obama had put that rule in place to where uh you could be you could be oh, propaganda? uh, propagandized or you could propagandize the, the American uh, public. You didn't used to be able to do that until he uh, made it, uh, uh, got it into law in the 2014. And yeah, it's okay to tell whatever you want to tell. If it's uh, you know, let's propagandize the entire country. Yep. Then of course, Joy, another George, wonderful thing coming out of his cabinet. <laughs> then of course, W comes in and, or, or before all that, he came in and, uh, and implemented the, uh, the Patriot Act, which, uh, kind of opens the door to, yeah, well, you know, we think they might be involved in something that, uh, and you don't really need to ha- have a whole lot of uh, evidence for it. Apparently the FISA court, it doesn't seem to matter whether you have evidence or not, they'll, they'll sign off. 
Um, so anyway, I mean, just, just be careful of what you, what you, I, I'm not careful about what I share on social media, so I might get a knock on the door one day, but, um, but I mean, as far as, <laughs> as far as things, I mean, just be careful, just be careful. I mean, you just, yeah, that's, uh, all the stuff that's going on and, and checking on people and, uh, ATF was showing up at people's doors. We have record that you bought one of the pistol grip. It's like, what is all this? No, 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 no. This is not a third world country where you just go up and. I know, I know. And that was a, yeah, it went from being legal to being a felony in one day, that pistol grip thing that you were talking about. Yeah. I mean, it's like. bought it, it was legal. It's like, no, I'm not giving it back. And most of them that have it have told the government to blow it in their ear and just had the um, uh, SCOTUS just said that all of these um, Second Amendment, whatever gun laws are. Yeah. They're unconstitutional and stop them all. Well, that doesn't stop them from. No, no. They just go, ah, oh, it's just the Supreme Court. Who cares? I do think the it, Constitution's an old piece of paper. We're going to do what we want anyway. <laughs> that wasn't what they That's said. That's how it works. The Constitution didn't mention anything about AR 15s. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but, we, you know, I think where you and I live, I think that the, uh, I, I think that it would be suicide. I, I'm not, I'm not threatening anything. I'm just saying, I think it would be, uh, ill-advised to come to a door in the South and ask for people's guns or in, in rural Idaho. I think it's a bad idea. Um, not good. Just saying, I'm not saying anything else. I the, wouldn't want to be doing that. I, I certainly just, would. Uh, it's, uh, man, just, it, it was it's just not a good thing. And then they had that gentleman who was 75. I think he was just another cranky old guy. Oh yeah. Making comments about, uh, Biden and stuff and they went to arrest him and it ended up being they just blew him away yep. I mean it wasn't like a couple of shots it was a hail of gunfire to the point that his blinds were almost blown clear out of the window yep. and he died unfortunately it's, yeah 75 and that was uh, the last time you can't you can't make disparaging words against uh, Biden that's that's not, well, he's you a know. young whippersnapper compared to Biden. So I mean, yeah, I know. Don't you go investigate it first before you go in guns a blazing? Oh, and that's, that's I old, don't. That's old fashioned thinking. <laughs> Which yeah. is like you said in the FBI, you shoot first, ask questions later. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> Stop or I'll shoot. <laughs> Speaking of, and that little snub nose thirty eight, he could hit somebody from almost a hundred paces. I know, I know. How in the world did that happen? If you've ever shot a snub nose thirty eight, you know that that thing is not accurate, no matter what you do. <laughs> It's more than 15 feet away. You're screwed. <laughs> exactly. You better be. And then it's iffy. And the, yeah, you better have it against the skin if you're really going to do any, any damage. Um, Tucker Carlson uh, recently interviewed Stephen Sund. If you don't know who Stephen Sund is, he was the Capitol Police Chief back on January 6th in 2021. And uh, this was, uh, he was in charge. Uh, and the whole interview is up on Twitter. I, I suggest you watch it. It's got some fascinating things. It's not Twitter. It's X now. Um, oh, yes. But anyway, there, here's a promo for that interview, which is fascinating. You've described this as an intelligence failure, but a failure is something that happens accidentally. None of the intelligence that was coming up talking about the storming of the Capitol, killing members of Congress, or killing my police officers was ever discussed at the conference calls that I was on, at least. That doesn't seem to make sense at all. It doesn't make sense. I'm looking at my men and women having their asses handed to them. And, and my first thought was, I will take whatever yep. discipline there is. Once things got out of control, for 71 minutes, Pelosi refused to allow you to bring in the National Guard. Why don't we have answers? It, it doesn't seem like people really want to get to the bottom 
of it. And it gets worse from there. I had a conference call with the leaders of all the law enforcement. It was a call I coordinated. Not one person on that call talked about any concerns for the, the intelligence, the attack on the Capitol, that we were seeing that was out there. That's what's, that's what's scary. This sounds like a setup to me. I'm sorry, it does. New Jersey State Police beat DC National Guard to the Capitol. Wait, cops drove from New Jersey before the National Guard could get from the armory on Capitol Hill to the Capitol. Why isn't this story everywhere? I have no idea. Well, I, I, could, I could venture a guess. <laughs> Uh, it goes back to you're allowed to do whatever propaganda you want. It's like, no. Yeah, there's a uh, uh, boy. They were having a conniption fit. And uh, apparently that ESG score is uh, must be very uh, highly sought after by these corporations that are just about to go bottoms up. Your old employer is mm-hmm. is sad to see. And it's it's one of those things where really you fire Tucker and you pissed off. Again, most of your clientele who watched Fox all left and shows that were getting uh, two and a half million or better uh, are now getting maybe a million viewers. If that they're they're down less than half of what they had oh, yeah. just yeah. overnight gone. And, and, you know, we didn't even watch. We watched him quite often. I liked him better than I do anybody else in, in the prime yep. time. Yep. Uh, just because I think a lot of it is because he was he was a nicer person. And, and he laughed. He laughed a lot. And it was just like, but I, it's sort of like the way you and I run this show. It's like we don't yeah. we don't take everything so seriously. Um, but he also, when he would interview somebody, he would actually give them opportunity to respond and, and let them have their say. He didn't act like he was in a hurry and he had to get out the door because everything's on fire. Every you know, Laura Ingram and and uh, and Sean Hannity both are just terrible about that, talking over their guests, and it's like I can't stand it. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't, I, I can't tell you the last time I saw anything from Fox, yeah, uh, especially since since he left. And they're having a conniption fit. They're trying to sue him for uh, a breach of contract, going and having a show somewhere else. He's not. He goes, I'm not being paid by anybody. Nope. I'm just doing this as a citizen on Twitter. So he's doing what these other people are doing. He is not affiliated with anything. It's just him. He's smart. And he's got lots of money. having a cow because, (laughs) and I, my last I heard was the uh, lawyer that set the stuff up is being canned because they can't get around it. (laughs) That's right. And it's pissing them off. So he screwed up. So now he's gone. That's what I'm saying. Tucker's got plenty of money. He's got plenty of smart lawyers that looked over that contract. And I'm sure they would not have given him the green light to go ahead and do what he's doing if it wasn't for there's loopholes and and he'd be able to do it. Yeah. I mean, they're they're, they're up to basically. Yeah. He's basically in his basement, just doing a show kind of like we are in our booths, you know, it's like, okay, here we are and we have the equipment and off you go folks. By the way, if you want to pay us just like they're, uh, (laughs) (laughs) we'll we'll send you a link. Um, anyway, uh, let's do this quick story because we're coming up on another break again. Um, but have you ever seen that African journalist that tries to ask a bunch of questions and KJP mostly just ignores him? Uh, when he does get her attention, she's kind of disrespectful for him, uh, with him. Um, her, his name is Simon Atiba. And, uh, and I know you read this story too. He filed a federal lawsuit Thursday, um, against the white house press secretary, Corinne Jean-Pierre and the secret service accusing them of un- unconstitutionally rescinding his press badge. And this is all following a series of press, press room uh, briefing disruptions that, you know, it's, it's all his fault. I mean, 
but uh, to hear yeah, you say uh, it. You mean you're, yeah, they got rid of, I forget how many, if you're not with a major news yeah, source, yeah. you are gone. So anybody that had, it, the only one that's left in there is Peter Ducey. Everybody else is all bleeding heart lefties. Yep, yep. And so you can't ask anything. She gets PO'd when he asks. Now, Peter, we've gone over this. It's like, <laughs> no, you've not answered it. Don't care if we've gone over it before. You still haven't answered it. Even even and with Peter Ducey, when, when Biden said, What a stupid son of a bitch. I mean, if it wasn't for that, <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> I had to, I had to go there. Um, anyway, <laughs> yeah, it, it, yeah, it, it's, it's, it's kind of funny that they're, uh, uh, he, he's suing them for, uh, violating his first and fifth amendment rights. He is from Nigeria. I think he's originally from Cameroon. He's from, uh, he, he works out of Nigeria now. Uh, but his, uh, those rights, uh, he calls it an unconstitutional attempt to arbitrarily restrict, uh, who qualifies as the press? So I yeah, that was pretty- yeah, they got rid of. I saw a number of four hundred, and I'm going, what? Yeah, I don't know. And I didn't know so there was that many. They, they, it was all cherry picked. Everybody that's from yeah. the lefty stuff that that's, and I'm not talking liberal. I'm talking leftist stuff right. that are taking us down Frog this delight. path that is yeah. not America. And the rest of the world goes, what the hell is going on with you guys? We understand Canada's a bunch of nudge, but. <laughs> Poor Canada's just, it's not going well there either, but they're going America. Really? Yep. So it, it's just, it's just sad to see that you can, okay. Only you people who agree with us and want to help push our narrative to everybody else can stay in the room. What? I mean, these, <laughs> these are rules that have been longstanding. The, the, uh, I just read this uh, yesterday. The White House announced on May 5th, I didn't realize it was that long ago, these new rules for the press badges known as hard passes. And for the first time in U.S. history, laid out a process by which journalists could lose their credentials to close, to long, uh, to close a longstanding legal loophole that prevented authorities from yanking press badges. So they've got, now they've got carte blanche. They can go, like you said, get rid of all the right-wing people People, the OAN, the, the, all those people that they don't want to hear from or ask tough questions. Let's just ask them what they had for breakfast and and, uh, and make it make it so much easier. What yeah. kind of ice cream was he licking? <laughs> we just have to know. Oh, really? Don't, don't say licking. We're not supposed to say Did licking. Did he get a brain that. freeze? We can't tell. <laughs> no, I'm sorry. That one got oh you, didn't gosh, it? Gosh, you did. We can't tell. Anyway, um, we're up against a break. We come back. We're going to hear something from uh, Kevin McCarthy and, and a little bit about the 2020 election. So hang in there. We'll be right back. The Stay Off My Lawn radio show and podcast. More satisfying than having exact change. If you love them enough to listen to them practice the same song on tuba. Please be done. Over and over and over and over and over. Then surely you'll check NHTSA.gov slash the right seat to make sure they're correctly buckled in the back seat. Sounds good, honey. Check today at NHTSA.gov slash the right seat. Brought to you by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration and the Act Council. Hi, welcome back to Stay Off My Lawn, segment three, and we apologize for taking everything so seriously. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, we have so much reverence for crap. (laughs) 
<laughs> like if you don't laugh at it, you could cry. Why That's not fun. laugh at it? We we laugh to keep from crying. That's right. Oh my gosh. Oh, oh God forbid if he gets a brain freeze from an ice cream, what's he gonna do with a slushy? <laughs> Uh, <laughs> glaciers can't form where there's no water is all I'm thinking. Um, <laughs> I, don't, I don't even know what that means. <laughs> oh, it, would ha- it would be the same thing that happened to O'Connell. I think that's what he had just for his speeches. Oh Must have had a big uh, 7-Eleven slushy. Him and that, uh, that senator from California. What's her name? Um, the one that's Feinstein. 90, Feinstein. 90 years old. And she doesn't even remember. She hasn't been in, in Washington, D.C. for the last three months because she was asked specifically, so what, do you, what, do you, what do you think about being back? She's like, going, I wasn't gone. <laughs> it's like, what do you mean you weren't gone? So, I mean, we, we really have these elderly people running the country that really don't understand. I mean, I'm not talking Republican or Democrat. They're, in a, like you said, McConnell. That's that's on both sides. And yeah. it's like, I'm sorry, neither one of them need to be there. I, I think I also think that once you are so long in the tooth that you're so involved in uh, in lobbyists and, and the, the way the inner workings of D.C., then I think a lot of times you can't see the truth. And that's why we like so much. Uh, the, these young guns that are in the, uh, in, in at least in the House of Representatives, that yep. man, they they uh, they've they've got fire in their belly and they they don't mind talking. Uh, I, I love it. I, I love these guys, and I hope that that is the future of the Republican Party. Well, I can um, see why. Oh, I'm like, ah, all of a sudden can't remember a name. Anyhow, the representative because they only get one in uh, uh, Wyoming. Man, she is she is just fire. She will stare somebody down until they collapse. She yeah. is uh, very impressive. I have seen her, but yeah, there, there's that one from Indiana that was born in Ukraine. I think it was, and yes, um, she is extremely good as well. We got to start getting these people's names, and then there's our representatives from Idaho that I can't even tell you their names because they don't do crap. <laughs> Well, I mean, there is that. Uh, we, well, we got I guess the, our senators are rich and crapo, or I mean, crapo. Oh, well. Uh, yeah, are you talking about senators or, or representatives? Yeah, those are senators yeah. and the representatives. We still only have two of those, but I think we're getting close to population to having a third one. <gasps> oh, nice, nice. I can't even know. I don't even know how many we have. All I know is that our two senators, thankfully, they don't speak too much. Uh, they, they don't, they don't get a lot of, uh, a lot of press anyway, but I mean, that just, you just, don't speak much. You can't screw up much. He, I guess. Uh, John Ossoff was, uh, was one of them that kind of, uh, him, I remember him during the whole COVID thing that he was out there every day on the campaign trail, hammering that people need to wear masks. And his wife was a, a nurse and she wears a mask all the time. And so if anybody's not going to get it, she wasn't going to get it, yada, yada, yada. And guess what? She got COVID twice. <laughs> It's like, yeah. you wear the mask all the time. I mean, but I think that's part of the reason. I think he's got his tail between his legs, maybe a little bit over some uh, of that, but. Well, you know, uh, his equipment is in her purse. And so yeah, yeah, exactly. it is what it is. And I think it got pinched in that little clasp at the top. <laughs> yeah, and um, the, it got put in the phone pocket in the phone. Ow. That's why he looks like that all the time. Having him in, your, in yeah. your fridge next to the cheese and being taken by your ex, I cheese, guess. Cheese whiz, maybe. Um <laughs> Well, Kevin McCarthy, speaking of, uh, I used to consider him a big rhino, um, love him or hate him, he's answered a reporter's questions the other day with just what most of us had uh, had thought about recently. It's good. Still saying the election 2020 was fraud. There was fraudulent activity going on. Yeah. That Joe Biden didn't win. Yeah. And I can say the same thing that Hillary Clinton says about her election that she lost. I can say the same thing about the DNC who said it about um 
the 2016 race. I can say the same thing about those in the Democratic Party from the leadership on down about George Bush not winning, that Al Gore did. But were any of them prosecuted? Were any of them put in jail? Were any of them held with no response, be able to get out? The answer is no. So, yeah, you can raise that, that someone raised a question. And, you know, in America, you are entitled to raise a question. You're entitled to question whether it was honest or not. That's the uniqueness of the First Amendment. That's the uniqueness of America. But you know what? You shouldn't be prosecuted for your thoughts. And the difference here is when Hillary Clinton said it, nothing happened to her. When they said it in Georgia's election, nothing happened to them either. <laughs> you could tell he was ticking off the guy that was asking the questions, but hey, you well, know. Yeah, and the guy was still trying to ask yeah. a question so that he could get an answer based on what he wanted for his narrative, and he was not letting him have it. Nope. He he went on for a, a little bit longer. I saw most of that. in It was like, basically, I'm not answering any more of your, your garbage. Your narrative, your pushing is non-existent it's all these other it's what's good for thee is not meant for me you know it's like wait a minute whoa 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 well, remember last <laughs> week i think we were talking about the first amendment does it cover uh, a lie or does it cover that you think the the earth is flat i mean you got the first amendment you can tell everybody that you think the earth is flat and if most people don't know that the earth is flat then it's like they're just going to discount you and it doesn't matter you're not going to get prosecuted for thinking the earth is flat you no, may it's it's you can think and do like well we've never been to the moon okay well we have we haven't it's your opinion i really don't care it's okay the one there's only a few things that you can't do you can't yell fire in a crowded theater right, right. and i forget there's two or three other things that you can't do and that's it you're supposed to be able to say and do what you want but going to a school um uh, meeting and being put down for that there was a, a pastor who was reading uh, from one of these books and oh, they went oh, you, you can't yeah. be saying that in a school board I, i'm sorry what was that boy he just oh, they yeah. got read the riot act Yep. And it, but that's the thing. It's like, but they're okay with that being in, I think it was in middle school that he was talking about specifically. So, but they're okay with that being in the school library at his middle schoolers, uh, school. So, but you can't speak that, that kind of trash in, in a school board meeting. It makes no sense. Makes no sense. Yeah. It's like, no, you can't have this anyway. Yeah. No, I, I like how he just put him down. He's, uh, I He's think doing it, better. His, uh, I think he, his attention, uh, meaning uh, McCarthy, was got when it had to go through 11 votes before he was actually put in yeah. uh, because they were concerned, just like we were, about the flip-flopping and the rhino-y stuff and all that. And he's been pretty damn consistent. He's yes. had a couple of things, but it's, you know what? I don't agree with everybody 100% of the time. Of so not. it's like, eh. But I would say the majority, he's been a very good speaker. He has, he has tried to be out. fair and he's been very good. But I think you're right. When they, when they had to go through 11 different votes in order to put him as speaker, uh, his arm got twisted by people like Matt Gates and Lauren Boebert and and, uh, and Marjorie Taylor Greene. Like him or dislike him, they made him kind of sign a contract saying that, you know, he's going to he's going to run on the conservative side of things. and He's going to do what the American people have voted all these representatives in to do and not just be the California left coast uh, Republican, which is not a really Republican anyway. Yeah. Um, so I, I think, I do think that made a big difference because he, he's, yeah. he's been holding the line pretty good. 
He really has. He's he's done quite well. I, I don't have a problem with him being Speaker of the House at all. He's not pulling all the shenanigans like Pelosi used to do, having votes at 3 o'clock oh, in I the know. morning. I know. What the hell? And put out a, a what was it, a 3,000-word a bill that nobody had time to read, and we're voting on it in an hour. Here's yeah. the bill. We're voting on this in an hour. How are you? You can't read. I don't care how many staff members you read this section, you read this section. Let's get together. You don't even have time to get that all right. done up. That's I, ridiculous. I, personally, I don't care if Reagan himself handed me that bill. I'd be like going, no, I'm voting no. If this is if that's the stipulation, then I'm voting no, because I'm not going to vote on something that I haven't read and then have to go home and talk to my constituents and have them ask me why I voted yes when I didn't read it. No, no. I, I think if you take your responsibility seriously and representing the people, then there's no way you could vote on something like that. But you're right. I think with Grandma Vodka, if you're drinking all day, you know, at three o'clock in the morning, it's like right in the middle of the afternoon. So, I mean. Grandma Vodka. <laughs> <laughs> She's yeah, it's a uh, well, it's in the middle of tea time. <laughs> exactly, uh, I think that's what they call it, isn't it? Uh, yeah, tea. Uh, whatever. It anyway, is. teetotaler time, something. <laughs> yeah, no, no, it was definitely not teetotaling. <laughs> that was not it. <laughs> oh, speaking uh, of the twenty twenty, we have election. to vote on it to know what's in it. <laughs> yeah, no, <laughs> no. <laughs> speaking of the twenty twenty election, uh, radio talk show host Joe Pags recently noted some weird things about the twenty twenty election. And these numbers don't really seem to add up. And let's see what you think. Does this add up for you? Let's break down what happened in 2020. We had an election where we're told by experts, and we sourced this from Brookings, that 66.8% of the eligible voters came out and voted. 66.8%. All right. Seems like a reasonable number. In fact, it seems like a high number. Now let's see how many people we actually have registered to vote by Statista. This is an actual number from 2020. 168.31 million. Okay. So 168.31 million were eligible to vote. And if we believe the earlier stat, 66.8% of them voted. Joe Biden, 81,284,666 votes. For Donald Trump, 74,224,319 votes. You get 155,508,985. We just found out that the number of registered voters in 2020 was 168,310,000. 155 million into 168 million is not 66.8%. It's almost 93%. So if we add the numbers together that Biden and Trump allegedly received in 2020, we're to believe that 93% of registered voters voted in the general election in 2020. When we have stats from tons of sources saying only 66.8% voted. So how did they get these numbers? You tell me. Doesn't add up. <laughs> mm, let's see. As we said, hmm. Yeah. And then uh, I saw it one time. The guy was uh, um, giving a deposition or something uh, that drove the truck full of ballots from New York to Pennsylvania. Why would New York have to send votes to Pennsylvania for? Mm. Um, I, it's mm. just more stuff that goes. I mean, we're talking a 24-foot box truck completely stacked and loaded with pallet after pallet of these ballots Mm -hmm. from New York 
to Pennsylvania. Isn't that when Pennsylvania, when I went to bed, uh, Trump was up like 800,000 votes in Pennsylvania, get up in the morning and he lost by four, uh, 800,000 yeah. and lost by 400,000. That's a pretty dang big swing. And it all happened at three o'clock in the morning. You see the stats and it's like votes coming in, votes coming in, votes coming in. Boom. Went to the top and then back down and then votes. And didn't they have a hearing the about that where there was like they, they said that the amount of votes that were counted in this three hour period or whatever that ended up being like 800,000 ballots and 790,000 of them were for, for Biden. I mean, it's like it was some outrageous number. And it's, oh, I, I, I don't yeah. remember what the number was, but it's sort of like he got like 90 something percent of the votes that were counted in this three block period of time. It's statistically impossible for that to happen. I mean, it, it, it so many questions that we don't have answers to, and we'll probably never. It, and like, oh, it's just conspiracy theory. And then there's the stuff. Where was it? Uh, Wisconsin, where it went along, and then all of a sudden there's this big spike there, and it goes down, and then there's another big spike, and then it goes down. It's like, yeah, that's way above there. Everything else was at a certain level, and then you had this huge spike in when things all of a sudden were dumped in, and it only happened twice. Why? There shouldn't but, be a uh, spike unless there unless you're counting votes from a specific area of a state or whatever, you know, from like downtown Philadelphia or or, or the the rural yeah. votes of Georgia or whatever. I mean, it's like, yeah, okay, you're gonna see a spike one way or the other. Um, but why are they all in the middle of the night? They wouldn't be and, in the middle of the night, yeah. And in Arizona, uh, with the <laughs> governor's race, uh, oh, you can't see all this stuff. It, there's too much private information. It would be unsafe, and it's like the hell are you talking about yeah, it's, yeah. it's just they won't even give up the stuff uh when you don't want to readily i don't know about you and if you've ever been accused of something it's what well, here it is this is what was done you can go ask the the customer or whatever the deal was i don't care i got nothing to hide go right. ahead and ask yeah, exactly and so why are they going oh you don't need nothing to see here move along move along kids yeah, uh, nothing yeah. to see here Yep, it's uh, it's incredible. You know that that reminds me. It's sort of like a I've got I've got a friend of a friend that uh, has like a passcode on his phone, and he changes it all the time so his wife can't get in his phone, and 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 I and his wife's mad at him because she can't gain access to his phone, and it's like I told him it's like. Uh, my wife and I both have the same passcode in our phone. We only have that in case somebody steals it and they can't get our banking information. <clears throat> so I was like, well, you know, why do you keep changing? Well, she can go in there anytime she wants. She just has to ask me for the passcode. Why, why would you go through that extra step? And so, you know, that, that kind of raises red flags for her and for me. Because <laughs> it's like, if you've got nothing to hide, I mean, I don't ever shut down my computer. There's no passcode on anything that I have. Nope, not on my tablets, uh, on my phone. The only reason I use the the fingerprint is to get into the, like you're saying, the, the banking Bank, stuff is right. via a fingerprint. And most of them are two-step authentication, <clears throat> blah, blah, yep. blah. Because you just have to in this day and age. Absolutely. And I can't remember the passwords because I do use different ones for all kinds of stuff. Yeah. I have no idea. My fingerprint is always there with me. <laughs> it always works. It always works. Hey, when we come back, um, <clears throat> excuse me, when we come back, we're going to talk a little bit about the diet and uh, prescription problem we have in America and a little bit about Uncle Joe and his tragedies and, of course, the palate cleanser at the end. So hang in there. We'll be right back. This is what happens when you mix opinionated old guys and microphones. Stay off my lawn. We'll be right back. And here's Heather with the weather. Well, it's beautiful out there, sunny and 75, almost a little chilly in the shade. 
Now, let's get a read on the inside of your car. It is hot. You've only been parked a short time and it's already 99 degrees in there. Let's not leave children in the back seat while running errands. It only takes a few minutes for their body temperatures to rise, and that could be fatal. Cars get hot fast and can be deadly. Never leave a child in a car. A message from NHTSA and the Ad Council. to stay off my lawn segment four like, like we're we, almost, oh wait no i shouldn't be that excited we're almost done should i like, sorry i got carried away you've made it this far richard now sit down it's gonna be okay was that my outside voice again oops <laughs> i think it was <laughs> um let's see uh we talk frequently about how diet of the westerners and especially americans are total crap and I actually wrote that out. Total crap. And how all the processing, <laughs> fake butters, fake meat especially. Uh, uh, if yeah, you're no. a fake meat person, oh my God, please just stop. Um, but, you know, they've all becoming more and more commonplace. And uh, there's a, a lady named Dr. Zoe Harkham. Uh, she's a Cambridge-educated doctor and nutritionist. Spoke recently uh, and came to some conclusions that we... Uh, that Richard and I have just about everything. You have to follow the money in order to uh, get to the bottom of things. But here's her take on a lot of this stuff. When we demonize meat, the companies that win are the fake food companies because they drive us away from what we've evolved to eat and they try to get us to eat instead their ready meals, their muffins, their muesli bars for breakfast instead of the eggs and the meat that we should be having for breakfast, the cereal companies, the oil companies, the margarine companies as opposed to the butter companies. Basically, Basically, everybody other than the farmers and the people trying to produce real food, they win. There's another winner in all of this, which is, of course, the drug companies, because the more sick that the fake food companies can make people, the more drug companies can benefit from that sickness and provide people with the drugs that won't make them feel better. They will just mask the symptoms that they've got from the really bad food that they were eating. There you go. There you go. You start eating all the fake stuff. And we did that margarine challenge at one time. We took a little pat of margarine and we put it out in the driveway or uh, just outside the door, the garage door, um, and just left it there to see if a bug. We left it out there for two weeks and not one bug, not even a footprint of a bug was on that thing. I mean, nothing. It was untouched because it's not real food. Yeah. No, I, I, uh, I made it known that I'm out in farm country. Um, the hops are getting close to being harvested. I got two wheat fields just on the other side of the canal from me. I'm out here where it's farming country and all the stuff that that goes on with all this fake. I know from my grandparents and helping on the dairy farm, you know what? Bessie worked hard to make that. And you have that creams there for a reason. And it makes some delicious butter. And that's all we buy in our household is butter. We buy it when it's on sale and we'll, we've had up to. 15 pounds in the freezer at one time. Oh, it's another good deal. You know, <laughs> what, if you're not paying attention, you just go get it. It's like five bucks a oh, pound yeah. right now. We buy ours Ridiculous. at Costco. We get the four, four pack of the yeah. four. Yeah. So we, we, and we only have to do that maybe once every couple of years. We don't, we don't use it as much, but my wife still likes to use margarine for certain things. It's like, why, why do we do that? 
I'm not. Yeah, a, we don't uh, even have margarine in the, in the house. The the wife and I only use the the butter and and now it's a big trend. It cracks me up. Do you know that you can buy a bucket of bacon grease at Walmart? <laughs> like it's what our parents tub. had in the in the fridge when we were growing up. <laughs> yeah. No. Yeah. When we were growing up, yeah. and my kids, we still have the same spot in the refrigerator door where. The bacon grease, when we oh, cook wow. a bunch of bacon up, we still use it. Yeah. Always have. We don't go pay for it. It That's good stuff. It doesn't hurt anything. No, no. And it stays good forever. Uh, yes, but, and yeah. it's lovely flavor. My mother would when fry you're frying chicken. eggs, oh, it's the best. My mother would fry chicken in bacon grease. It's like, oh my gosh, it's some of the best fried chicken I've ever had in my life. Oh, so, yeah, I would imagine. Yeah. So we don't quite have that much. But <laughs> yeah, we were running out and decided, uh, the wife was looking through the freezer and goes, Oh yeah, I forgot about this bacon that we bought a few years ago. <laughs> well, she wouldn't use it as a deep fryer, but she would just kind of coat the bottom of a pan about an inch yeah. deep and just put the chicken in there. And, and oh my gosh, it was incredible. I I knew a guy in North Carolina. He was originally from Washington D.C., but he was, was I don't know I don't know where he got all this information from, but he kept a pan full of grease, just like uh, Pinto's. We used to have a big he used to have a big pot of pintos on the on the stove at all times just warm it up and scoop it out and then you made made new but it's like he always had that hard grease in the bottom of a pan he turned it on it was ready to go whenever he decided he wanted to fry something up and it was like but man it tasted so good oh my yeah. gosh um uh, yeah and you would think you know we would be 300 pounds we're not we're not uh, okay i'm overweight but i'm not that much. Yeah, far gone. <laughs> and it's just, we, we eat two meals a day. We have a, a breakfast kind of brunch around 1030 ish or so. It's going to be late today for me, but, um, and then we'll have dinner around 536. If it's this time of year, if it's not on the grill, it's we're cooking in the kitchen together on the stove with natural stuff. Yeah. We go get regular vegetables that are grown from this area. And that's it. The beef comes from Idaho that we buy from Albertson's. It's premium stuff. And when they have sales, I get another package and the wife goes, you can't have any more. There's no room in the freezer. <laughs> I swear I'll and eat it. And it's only. <laughs> you know, I saw in the grocery store the other day, they had a, you know, they had normally have stuff that didn't sell all that well. They'll have it on a blowout sale, a sale, sale, sale. Come down to the end of the, uh, it, it was all the Beyond Meat stuff. It was all the, the the fake sausage and the burgers and all that kind of stuff. It's like, nobody's buying, nobody's it. buying it. This is rural Georgia. What are you thinking? I mean, <laughs> we, we don't, we don't have enough of these pansies that go in there and eat, and eat this crap. I mean, I just don't. I, I accidentally bought, it said smoked provolone. I went, oh, yummy. This will be good. I can put that on a burger. That'll be, that'll be like the smoked Gouda that I had. This will be yeah. great. Get it home. And then we get to looking at it. Little tiny letters. It's vegan. Oh, no. Oh, no. Oh, it was terrible. You know what it turned into when you try to melt it? Just an oily, gooey mess. It's probably it, it, soy. It didn't melt. It just turned into oil. It was yeah. terrible. Yeah. It's probably soy based some somehow. Yes, it was it was disgusting, is what it was. Yeah, uh, we use real cheese, real butter. Bessie works her butt off to do things, and that's <laughs> what we do. And so. yeah, let's not disres disrespect Bessie in, in any way, shape, no. or form. Now, um, uh, Uncle Joe has had his fair share of tragedies, and, and I don't begrudge any of that. Um, but and he's had much more than his fair share, I, th I, I would think. But uh, here's part of that being talked about. Shortly after I elected, my wife and daughter were killed. A tractor trailer broadsided them and killed my wife and my daughter. And 
badly injured my two kids. When I left the vice presidency, I, after my after Bo died, I wasn't going to get involved in politics. The guy who should be standing here if there's any Biden was going to be president, and I'm not just not hyperbole. Is my son Bo? I hate it when he says it's not hyperbole because most of the time it is. Um, but I, I mean, it's it's tragic. It's very very bad. But you know, he talks about it quite a bit. He <laughs> he ends up, you know, I mean, you use use everything you can, I guess. Um, I don't know. Well, do you think he's going uh, how many times this? has he says Bo has died in action in the war? He didn't. Yeah, that's not how he passed away. Period. Yeah, we'll, we'll leave that. <laughs> Bo had a brain tumor, and that's bad enough. But uh, Uncle Joe wouldn't know the truth if it bit him in the face. Uh, he changes the story sometimes depending on the situation, uh, and this is how it goes. I say this as a father of a man who won the Broad Star, the Conspicuous Service Medal, and lost his life in Iraq. Inflation is a worldwide problem right now because of a war in Iraq, excuse me, the war in, in Ukraine, and uh, I think in Iraq because that's where my son died. Things changed in our life and our family. I lost my son. We lost our son in, in Iraq. Yeah, you did not. You did did no, not lose your son. Never there. No, he was there, but he he served his year or whatever, and he came back home. It was much longer ago than uh, than than when he died. I mean, he was he was. I think he was uh, uh, attorney general of Delaware when he when he he got his brain cancer. But I mean, it's like, I, you know, I don't know. It, it, I just don't. I don't like this whole. Let's morph our. So you ever known anybody that? And, and and you may not have had this situation, but you tell somebody how long you've been married or how old you are. Oh, well, we've been married four years longer. You know, it's sort of like everybody's got to one-up you, you know, and, and I think that's kind of the way he is. It's sort of like, uh, well, I'm... And I'm 81. It's like, so, I mean, he wins just about every one of those arguments. But, I mean, he feels like he has to make those tragedies that he clearly has had and made hyperbole out of them. <laughs> Well, I, I, I can understand a little better of of why uh, Hunter's so screwed up because obviously he wasn't his favorite son because <laughs> all he talks about <laughs> is Bo all the time and he's going to be president, not the drug doing, no, no. hooker buying other kid who has brought lots of millions of dollars because of what dad was doing. And you could say that no. you it would be hard to do cocaine in the White House, but apparently we learned recently that that's not. <laughs> Not out of the well, room. You don't have to go through security. It's a lot easier to haul it in. I mean, <laughs> you know. Uh, to make things worse, Cheryl Rex, who is a Gold Star mom, lost her son during that disaster of a withdrawal from Afghanistan, recently spoke about meeting dear Uncle Joe when her son came home. When he approached me, his words to me were, my, my wife Jill and I know how you feel. We lost our son as well and brought him home in a flag-draped coffin. My heart started beating faster, and I started shaking, knowing that their son died from cancer and they were able to be by his side. Also wondering how someone could honestly, sorry, be so heartless to say he knew how I felt. Mm. He obviously did not know how he felt, how she felt. No, it's just not in any way, shape, or form. And to me, that's almost unforgivable. I mean, because for you yeah. to for you to kind of insert yourself in, like it's all about you. How big of a freaking ego can you have if you think everything that ever happens is all about you? Um, 
anyway, Uncle Joe also had one more encounter with, uh, I know there's a lot of them, but this is one I found this week. He had an encounter with a guy named Tyler Vargas Andrews. He's a military amputee. And while he was still recovering in the hospital, I think he was at Walter Reed, uh, Sergeant Andrews, uh, well, he, he lost his arm during that same withdrawal in Afghanistan that uh, Cheryl Rex was just talking about. And um, he, Uncle Joe came up to meet him. And uh, he was just uh, this... Um, uh, Sergeant Andrews was recently interviewed on the Sean Ryan podcast, and this is what he had to say. He's going to be here in about an hour. Well, one hour goes by, nothing. Two hours goes by, nothing. It's like four hours at this point, and my mom's furious. Right away, like, remember him coming up to me, um, trying to shake my hand, like, try to shake my right hand. And I look at him, and I'm like, I don't have an arm. Almost immediately starts talking like about how their son served in the military. Doesn't say anything about what happened. He leans over me and he's like this close to my face. And he's like, what do you want? And I'm just like confused. I'm, I just got blown up. I just saw my friends die next to me. I'm like, I just want to be myself. Gosh, it's just so sad. He's got no decorum. And well, then, what do you want? Because that's what Joe is always, uh, what do you want? Well, I have a list. Let's see here. That's that. Um, flip the page and I want that and I want yeah. that. <laughs> Joe's got yeah. these, apparently a list in his head that he, that things that he wants all the time. So I, I think he thinks that's how everybody operates. And I think that's where, uh, where it's different. He's different than everybody else. So, um, <laughs> we, we, thankfully, uh, we, we do have a palate cleanser since it's the end of the show. We like to do that. And, uh, we've had a lot of heavy things this, this segment. Uh, most of you know, by now, Reagan was my personal favorite president. Uh, he combined strength and kindness like no one else in any political sphere. Uh, but here's part of his, his inaugural address from January, 1981, of course, he said a lot of things uh, that were timeless at that point, uh, but this specifically applies today very well. If we look to the answer as to why for so many years we achieved so much, prospered as no other people on earth, it was because here in this land, we unleashed the energy and individual genius of man to a greater extent than has ever been done before. Freedom and the dignity of the individual have been more available and assured here than in any other place on earth. The price for this freedom at times has been high, but we have never been unwilling to pay that price. Those who say that we're in a time when there are no heroes, they just don't know where to look. The sloping hills of Arlington National Cemetery with its row upon row of simple white markers, bearing crosses or stars of David, they add up to only a tiny fraction of the price that has been paid for our freedom. Each one of those markers is a monument to the kind of hero I spoke of earlier. Their lives ended in places called Bellow Wood, the Argonne, Omaha Beach, Salerno, and halfway around the world on Guadalcanal, Tarawa, Porkchop Hill, the Chosin Reservoir, and in a hundred rice paddies and jungles of a place called Vietnam. Under one such marker lies a young man 
Martin Treptow, who left his job in a small town barber shop in 1917 to go to France with the famed Rainbow Division. There on the Western Front, he was killed trying to carry a message between battalions under heavy artillery fire. We're told that on his body was found a diary. On the flyleaf, under the heading, My Pledge, he had written these words. America must win this war. Therefore, I will work, I will save, I will sacrifice, I will endure. I will fight cheerfully and do my utmost as if the issue of the whole struggle depended on me alone. We must realize that no arsenal or no weapon in the arsenals of the world is so formidable as the will and moral courage of free men and women. It is a weapon our adversaries in today's world do not have. It is a weapon that we as Americans do have. Let that be understood by those who practice terrorism and prey upon their neighbors. As for the enemies of freedom, those who are potential adversaries, they will be reminded that peace is the highest aspiration of the American people. We will negotiate for it, sacrifice for it. We will not surrender for it now or ever. We are Americans. Salute to you, sir. Yeah. Yeah, you could hear his voice crack there a couple of times. Yeah, and- yeah it's uh, <laughs> negotiate for it. Uh, no, we just did that. Um, and all that did is open up a can of worms for, oh, we just need to uh, abduct more people so we can get more money mm-hmm. in Iran. Yep, yep, that's exactly right. And that's been quietly pushed under the rug with nothing being said about it, Hardy. How it's much, just wrong. How much money was released for them? Uh, $6 billion. billion. Yeah, yeah. And supposedly that was their money before all that whole conflict. But it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. You forego all that stuff. Anyway, uh, that that's probably another story somewhere. But uh, anyway, we are just, we're, we're just, we love President Reagan. I served... Uh, under Reagan. And it was a, it was just a different time in history. If you're too young to remember Reagan, I feel bad. I feel bad, you know, cause it was a different time. It was, it was a time where we had, um, patriotism was, was everywhere. It was similar to after nine 11. Remember those couple of weeks <laughs> where everybody yeah, was patriotic. That's what it seems like it was, was like two weeks. And then it, that petered out pretty quick. Yep, sure did. Um, I've had more people complain about his trickle down economics. Oh, you mean because you didn't want to work hard? It didn't affect you. Oh, I see. Oh, that was only the fat cats. No, it pretty much trickled down and we had a wonderful economy for eight years. You know, I do. And and speaking of triple trickle down, I do believe that it may not work today the way CEOs and everything are today. I don't think that it would work the same way because back then, CEOs had the mindset of of uh, expanding their business and making things even better. And now it seems like CEOs might just take that as a bonus for themselves. And it, it's it's not the same atmosphere. And I, I, I wonder if today it would work the same way. I, I, I kind of doubt it. So Some companies, yes, but uh, not as many. That's always, uh, what are you going to give me so I can keep doing things for you? Just like uh, Iger's doing for... Um, 
Disney and yeah. whatever the clown uh, CEO and uh, of North American InBev, uh, AB InBev, oh, yeah. and yeah. the the quack that's from uh, Brazil. Yeah. They they refuse to do any apologizing. It's like, no, nope, well, okay, well, your brand is dead. You've yeah. waited too long now. It is dead, dead. Yep, and it, it just doesn't seem to matter. Anyway, uh, we are hope you're inspired by that uh, clip from Ronald Reagan and somewhat informed and have fun like we did. Don't forget, you can find us on iTunes, Spotify, iHeart, Google, or wherever you get your podcasts. And check out our uh, website where you can see all of and listen to all of our past mm-hmm. and current podcasts. Uh, and so we will see you next week. Hang in there. It's stayoffmylawn.us. I forgot that part. (laughs) Toodles. Toodles. Well, we had fun and hope you did too. The opinions heard here today are not those of anyone other than Mike and Richard. If it made you laugh or go, hmm, or even, huh, then we've done our job. Sort of. Mostly, anyway. And if we made you think about things in a common sense manner, we welcome you to the club. And if it didn't, then just stay off my lawn. See you next time.